tonight on the Midnight Train Podcast. The ants are finally gone, along with the craft supplies and crockpots. Thank Christ. Our sincerest apologies for all listeners who sat through the Golden Girls reunion show last week. So without further ado, we get right back into the scary and fucked up. I am talking about motherfucking reanimation. So sit back, grab your drink, turn the volume to 11 and... Warning. Listener discretion is advised. We say things like, It's 2020 and robots are vacuuming our houses. Doorbells can now stream 1080p video. Bluetooth devices can sit on the coffee table ready listening for a command. You can even make a deep fake video of your head on Hillary Clinton's body on TikTok. But we can't seem to add up voting ballots in a day. Like, really? What? The fuck. All aboard. Hello, passengers, and welcome to episode 75 of the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark to light. What's that mean? Well, we make fun of and joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer, and with me, as always, is my co-host, the one and only Jeff Butchko. How you doing, buddy? 75. 75. That's like we're in a nursing home. 75 motherfuckers. Dogs don't episodes. even live that long. And that's not including all the bonus episodes and stuff we've done. You're right. Yeah. We've got to be in the hundreds by then, right? Yeah. We're old. They're going to put us out to pasture soon. I was thinking about it the other day. I was. How many years has it been now? Well, because we did Halloween last year. So it's been. And we did Thanksgiving last year. It's been year. about a year and a half. A year and a half. About a year and a half, roughly. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we're streaming to millions of people, millions of listeners every day. Right. We got TV deals. I have a shoe deal, which is amazing. So, I mean, I think we're doing pretty good for a couple of years, right? Wait, you're getting paid? Oh, you didn't, <laughs> you're, you're not? <laughs> Wait a minute. I mean, I'm not. No. I'm, I don't have a shoe deal. No, we are. We're, we're, we're lucky enough to have real jobs. Let's put it that yeah. way. And uh, speaking of being old... Um, so our ants were in for us. Um, yeah, there's snowflakes on the last goddamn day. counter. Like what, what happened? Yeah. Um, I didn't get a chance to listen. Did you? I, I had to turn it off like halfway through. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know my ant can go forever. Yeah. And ever and they're, ever. They're, it was pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. We, well, it's a good thing. We left them a very, uh, detailed and descriptive tales of horror. <laughs> yeah. Read. Probably not the best choice for them, yeah, I'm but, sure. uh, you know, it, it's, it seemed to be okay. Uh, maybe we'll have them back some other time to, to do something that's, uh, you know, a little less. Yeah. You know, I heard they were murdery. really, I heard they were really, really mean and rude to the Moody's and the chainsaws. Oh really? I didn't hear yeah. that. I must not have got that far then. Oh, yeah, that's, wow. what, that's what I heard from other listeners. Oh no. But we apologize. But, you know how senile and old uh, people, yeah. they, they don't, you know, what they do is right and what you do is wrong. And that's right. just how it is. Right. So we, we definitely want to apologize for our aunts for being, if they were, they're old. They don't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm surprised they even knew how to work the, any of the, the board or anything like that. This was kind of like our thing to give them before they depart. Right. <laughs> so right. It was kind of like, you know, well. You can be on the show one time. Why not? And then we can just say we did it, right? And plus, I mean, we had shit to do. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Candy contest. Right. And it was either that or we didn't have an episode for Halloween and we're not going to do yeah. that to the listeners out there. Yeah, so. so, Well, hopefully you guys learn how to make a snowflake. I heard that was a hit. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Awesome. So. 
Good. I don't know. Well, uh, hopefully it went over well and everyone enjoyed that out there. But we are back, and it is episode 75. And listen, man, <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on with Moody, dude. I don't either. I, I, dude, it's, it's... I'm wondering if we should take a ride over there. Maybe this weekend. I don't know it's, if he's still there. It's getting pretty. Uh, it's getting pretty crazy. Um, so he left another voicemail. Yeah, this one's got me worried. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if it was from a burner phone or something because I didn't recognize the number, so I just let it go to voicemail. Yeah. And yeah, you got that. You want to play that real yeah, quick? Yeah. I mean, just be prepared, guys. It's it's this is a rough one. Yeah. Guys, this is uh, Smoothie Man. If you didn't realize, but uh. Just wanted you guys to know, man. Things are things are getting pretty serious, man. Things are getting really crazy. I uh, I'm trying to find somewhere to go right now. I'm trying to find something to do. I've, I've got had people following me all day. I was at work. And some people came in, and uh, I was trying to get back to normal, man. But I thought, I thought they left me alone. But some guys came into work and I skated out the back today. And now I'm out. I'm trying to find somewhere to go. And I think there's people following me. There's uh. There's a big, it's a big black, like SUV that's been like following me, and I don't know. These guys are kind of looking at me funny, man. I don't know what's going on, dude. Things are getting real. Things are getting really fucking weird. I don't know what. Hold, hold on, hold on. Is that it? That's that it. was it. Let me give you my interpretation of this real quick. Oh, boy. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. Okay. I'm thinking this is like a Blair Witch thing where he's like cowered down and snot bubbles come out the nose. You know, like he's recording into his phone this message. And I think whoever's tracking him was getting close. So he ate the phone. And that was the phone <laughs> traveling like through his esophagus into his stomach. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Can I do something that, real fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all I was thinking the entire time. Okay. That's all I was thinking the whole time. Right, right. I'm like, where is the dun, dun, dun? Right. So I guess we'll find out what's going on with him, or we won't, and he just will be in an an institution someplace, or maybe taken by aliens. I I can't tell if these are like cries for help that we're supposed to, I mean, I feel like we're being shitty friends about this because we we haven't done anything in like the past four or five voicemails. Let's be honest. We are shitty friends. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Moody, we hope you're okay, buddy. And, uh, you know, blink twice if you need help. (laughs) Puke up that phone and call us back. Right. Right. So you beautiful bunch of dark passengers know that we're just three musicians and assholes that love history and cannot get enough of the mysterious. We want you all to know how much it means to us that you're listening to us at this very moment. Your reviews and support really do make all of the hard work worthwhile. And in saying that, please stop over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now and give us a five-star review. It really does help out for some fucking reason. We don't really understand, like, whatever. Speaking of platforms, did you happen to see or notice that Google Music is no longer? I did not. Yeah. Really? What is it now? It transferred to YouTube Music. Oh. And they warned it. Like, because I used Google Music for a long time, and it warned me, like, the last couple times I went on there, it's like, Google Music is ending, and you have to transfer all your shit to YouTube Music. And I'm like, I don't want fucking YouTube Music. You know, I wonder if that means there is our stuff on there. I have to research. I don't know, but Google Music is like gone, gone the way of the 
dinosaur. Yeah. Well, make sure you guys are just leaving us a review anywhere you can. That'd be awesome. And, uh, you know, just leave whatever the hell you want. And you can uh, also find us on Spotify and iHeartRadio by typing the Midnight Train Podcast in their search bar and clicking the follow button. You'll then get each episode as they are released. And you beautiful Patreon subscribers will be getting a smiley face killer bonus episode. Oh. Yeah. So basically, uh, you know, so in the, in the last episode for Halloween or whatever, it was touched on a little bit because it was like somebody was found on Halloween and they believe it was the smiley face killer. So we touched on that for a minute. Hopefully our aunts did because yeah. God only knows if they I did or say not. They butchered it probably. Right. Exactly. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> nice. nice. Woo! <laughs> so yeah, you guys will be getting an episode over there on the smiley face killer uh, or killers or, or whatever they may be. <laughs> so sign up over at patreon.com forward slash the midnight train podcast and uh, check it out. All right. So, uh, Let's turn on the lights, uh, just our seats, grab a drink, and let's get spooky. But first, here's a toast to all you beautiful motherfuckers. Dude's a genius. <laughs> so amazing. You get to hear like the whole song, like the bridge, it's like, <laughs> and it just goes on. It's so awesome. It's so great. Yeah. Oh my he's God. He's man. That's Leo Marcoli, I, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Frog Leap Studios. Yeah, it's, he's so good. Chad messaged me. He said he's been watching all of them with his family and his kids. Oh, he's and, amazing. And he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, he, this stuff is so awesome. I'm like, I know. I'm like, you could just go for hours. He does oh, yeah. everything. Yeah, they're they're absolutely amazing. And uh, have you ever heard of, um, and not to go off topic already, but... Um, have you ever heard of the band? Um, I think they're called Skinned, S K Y N D. Mm-mm. I think that's how you do. newer. So, yeah, and so basically, it's a, a, a female fronted like goth techno metal band, but all they do is sing. Uh, all their songs are about serial killers. So it's like Arch Enemy meets. Yeah, it's not heavy uh, like that though. It's more like the Brownie. It's like no, it's maybe, uh, but Nine Inch Nail-y kind of. Okay. Very electronic, very weird. Yeah. And their videos, if you watch their videos, it's good only because I know of the stories they're talking about. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So like they've done songs on uh, uh, Jonestown. They've done songs on uh, Columbine. Wow. Like and they're fucked up. So yeah. if you get a chance, if you ever want to go down that rabbit hole, and uh, big shout out to Chainsaw out there because he loves those guys. Ah, so, yeah. Chainsaw. Yeah. It's so, been yeah. a while. We got to get him to call in. Yeah, so he can just go, wow. <laughs> yeah. I have no doubt. <laughs> I'm getting good at that. Ready? I have no doubt. I have no doubt. It's, it's, I don't know, man, you got to. It's like the, you got to get it yeah, low. You, you got to, yeah, you got to get in there. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm almost there. <laughs> He's got that emphysema like yeah. man. Wow. 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 <laughs> I sound like Fozzie Bear. Yeah, Fozzie Bear. <laughs> All right, so listen. Once said here, who shall conceive the horrors of my secret toil as I dabbled among the unhallowed damps of the grave or tortured the living animal to animate the lifeless clay? Dr. Victor Frankenstein. Victor Von Frankenstein? No. Is it Von? It's Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein. <laughs> Is that from Young Frankenstein? Yes. Yeah, one yeah, of my yeah, all-time yeah, favorite. That's a good one. I'm probably going to quote that a lot in here, so nice. I apologize. 
So from mummies to zombies to the creature um, himself, should I say, Frankenstein's monster, um, the tale of reanimating the dead, spanned thousands of years. All right, so these tales have been around forever. For many people, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is or was their introduction to the subject of reanimation. That's what uh-huh. we're talking about here. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is a cautionary tale about the abuses of science, in particular, the potential pitfalls of screwing around with corpses and lightning. <laughs> yeah, because that's pretty much what it was. You got to jumpstart it somehow. Right. And if you're not familiar with the story of Frankenstein, then you can see yourself right the fuck out right now. And yeah, who, who the fuck doesn't know about Frankenstein? I, I mean, know. come on. We might, maybe there's, no, that, uh, there's no excuse There's Frankenberry cereal. I mean, <laughs> there, there's so many references to it in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now that those people are all gone, we can get on with the story. So fuck them. Anyway. The Hulk is like Frankenstein in a way. The Hulk? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, he's How? like that. Yeah, there's a correlation there. Where? Because, well, no, that's more Jekyll Hyde, I guess. Yeah, he's definitely, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. more Jekyll and Hyde. I get that one. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, no, no. Well, he was reanimated from the gamma the radiation. Well, the gamma that's just what created the gamma him. radiation just created him. He wasn't dead and then brought back to life mm. by pieces and parts. One of those Marvel bastards were. I didn't think of who. I'm sure there probably was. Yeah. So anyway, if there are any trust or untrustworthy folks left out there that are still here, even though they don't know the story, here's a recap. The actual title, which most of you probably don't know, is quote. This is what it's called: Frankenstein or the Modern Prometheus. Shelley began writing the story when she was only 18 years old. The first edition was published anonymously in 1818 when she was 20 years old. It began as a short story that unfolded into a novel. Although later versions of the tale popularly have the creature, and he is referred to as the creature, and as we all know, or should know, the creature isn't Frankenstein. Okay, it's Frankenstein's monster or Frankenstein's creature. Frankenstein was the doctor. Let's just get that out there, folks, all right? So he's essentially sewn together from various body parts and reanimated during a science experiment experiment using lightning, right? Yes. All right. This is not how the creature was originally written and conceived. In the original novel, the creature was also not a big, dumb, lumbering idiot as he is usually portrayed. In Shelley's original work, Victor Frankenstein... I did it. Damn it. Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein. Oh, wait, wait. I got something for this now. I'm going to do it. What is it? What do you? Oh wait, I'm hold on. Oh boy, oh, never mind. So Victor Frankenstein <laughs> discovers a previously unknown but elemental principle of life, and that insight allows him to develop a method to imbue vitality into inanimate matter. Okay, though the exact nature of the process is left large, largely ambiguous, so it's just kind of left out there, and you don't really know. So it wasn't lightning in the very beginning. After a great deal of hesitation in exercising this power, Frankenstein, that's the doctor again for all you slower passengers, spends two years painstakingly constructing the creature's proportionally large body, one anatomical feature at a time from raw materials supplied by the dissecting room and the slaughterhouse. So it's getting pieces and parts, right? We all know that part. Which he then brings to life using his unspecified process. All of that aside, and all the differences and nuances aside, the idea is the same. The goal of reanimation of dead or, or inanimate things. While Shelley uh, may have written an early example of the concept, process, and consequences of reanimation, she was not the first to think of this concept. There were scientists and thinkers earlier than her dreaming up ideas of reanimating animals and even human beings. Uh-oh, what do you got?
alive. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's alive. So let's talk a little bit here. And sorry, Jeff. Um, <laughs> the science behind the reanimation process or reanimation in itself. So bear with us, please, here. All right. It's going to get a little nerdy from time to time. And uh, you've all heard the old. No, God, please, no. <laughs> you've all heard the old saying, there's nothing sure in life but death and taxes. But what if death wasn't such a sure thing? Scientists have been attempting to restore life to the dead for hundreds of years. People have used water, electricity, chemicals, and other things to try and reanimate dead animals and people. Okay, so this has been going on for quite a while. Walt Disney's head. Uh, well, yeah, I guess that would be reanimation. Uh, well, they, it's frozen. It's fake. It's not actually frozen. But the the theory or the lore behind that was he had his head frozen yeah. cryogenically. And then they'd so mounted somebody else's body like Frankenstein, and, and then somebody said that <laughs> really horrible joke that back in the day that someone said that he because. Uh, they claim he was an um, anti-Semite. Yeah, yeah. hated Jewish people. Yeah. And that he would come back once all the Jewish people were gone. Oh, man. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. No, but none of that's true, by the way. He wasn't an anti-Semite, and he um, did not have his head cryogenically frozen. So, anyway. He may have had ties with anti-Semites and people that were involved in the Nazi party and shit like that. Yeah. But he himself was not. All right. So, a basic example of reanimation using water could be that of the ever-popular sea monkey. No way. You remember sea monkeys? Yeah. All right. Well, sea monkeys are actually brine shrimp. Their dried eggs sold in pet stores contain embryos that will re will revive when put in salt water, hatch, swim about, grow to be about a quarter of an inch long, and make good fish food. And another example is the tardigrade. You ever heard of a tardigrade? No. All right. So it is so small, it's the size of a sand grain, and, uh, that, and most people are completely unaware that this thing even exists, right? Yet several times a year, it performs one of the most astonishing feats known to science. Where there has been no rain for a long time and its habitat dries out, this uh, little animal, and you guys can look it up online, what this thing looks like, and we'll try to throw a picture in there for you. And again, it's called a tardigrade. Um, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Probably not. It's probably like tardigrade. <laughs> tardigrade. Anyway, there's tartarade in my Gatorade. <laughs> Ooh, I'm drink it. So when it dry, his habitat dries out, the uh, little animal's body loses all of its own water, shriveling and curling into a wrinkled kernel. Without water, the animal plunges into a profound state of suspended animation. Like a cocoon? Uh, no, it basically just, it, it, it dies. Okay. Okay. So the creature stops eating or crawling. It does not breathe. Its internal organs shut down, no longer digesting food or sending signals through its nervous system. Even uh, metabolic processes inside of its sh cells shut down. And, the, you know, this usually, the usually busy genes going dormant and the enzymes that normally carry out thousands of biochemical reactions every second cease to function. All right, so this little dude, beep, flatlines. Yeah, yeah. So its body dries to a crisp. So profound is the loss of activity that according to a common textbook definition of life, which says metabol uh, metabolism, metabolism <laughs> is a hallmark of life, the little animal is dead, right? Because, I mean, if, if you're not... There's no vital signs. No vital signs, yeah, no yeah. cell, anything, so it's, te it's technically dead. For how long? Uh, well, yet, after days or even months, if moisture returns, the animal soaks up the water and resumes all normal activities. That's fucked up. Uh -huh, it's awesome. The Don't plants do that, though? Uh, I thought there was, like, some plants that you could... I don't know, dude. I am so bad when it comes to plants. I really? fucking killed both my banana plants. Like, every time I get it, I kill fucking plastic plants. You know what I mean? Like, I just... I'm fucking horrible. <laughs> oh, it sucks. So, the creature is informally called a water bear. 
okay, or more formally, the tardigrade, which means slow walker. On the evolu- uh, evolutionary tree, it lies between worms and insects, one of the many small but remarkable life forms on Earth known almost solely to those who only study biology. Like, hmm. did, Have you ever heard of this damn thing before? No. Right. So there is one issue with these guys and others like them. There's an argument on whether they are truly being reanimated or if there's just some weird sort of hibernation going on, okay? Because, uh-huh. you know, there are there's some bees out there that are completely, basically, like, die. There's some frogs that will uh, go into a complete suspended animation type thing. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, you know, so the argument is that it could just be a hibernation thing. So the chief hallmark of life, textbooks often say, is metabolism. The sum of all genetic and enzymatic processes that go on inside cells and in interactions among the cells, right? Mm-hmm. All right, like everything in your body metabolizes or whatever. If one accepts that definition, then an organism is suspended animation in suspended animation is not alive. That conclusion, however, raises a semantic problem because if it is not alive, that means it is dead. If so, and if it revives, then life has been created, a phenomenon that would violate a cardinal principle of biology that complex life forms cannot be spontaneous. Sponta- <laughs> Spontaneously generated. (laughs) That they cannot be spontaneously generated, but only come from living parents. Okay? To avoid this logical trap, the few biologists who have studied the phenomenon generally refer to it as cryptobiosis, meaning hidden life. So strong, however, was the metabolism-centered view of life that until recently, most biologists suspected that cryptobiotic organisms were not totally inactive. They argued that enough water remained inside the animals to permit metabolism to continue at a rate too slow to be detected. So they don't know for a fact that they're just claiming that. After all, they this knew... This thing is fucking weird looking. Oh, did you get a chance to look at it? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like, I don't know, like a flea with no face that's why they call it the what is it the, the water bear or what What do they call it again it, it looks like a pokemon <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does look like a yeah, pokemon yeah. character it's totally fucked up looking where'd you find that at google well google <laughs> google. google it's google it's google it's so anyway they were talking about they weren't inactive or whatever so they argued that enough water remained inside them again so it wouldn't be detected after all they knew some higher animals can reduce their uh, metabolic rates by hibernating in winter and others enter a state of even lower metabolism called estivation that allows them to to endure dry summer heat cryptobiotic animals many researchers suspected were simply extending a familiar capacity to a previously unknown extreme does that make sense you follow me there yes all right Recently, however, scientists have established that although even the driest organisms retain a few water molecules, they constitute only a small fraction of the minimum needed for uh, metabolism. For example, most of the workhorse molecules of metabolism, proteins, must be awakened in water to assume the shape essential to their functions as enzymes. So it needs the water. Right. And they call these things moss piglets. Moss piglets? Is that another name for them? Yeah, yeah. So tardigrades and nematodes, all right? I've heard of those. All right, or nematode, whatever it is, uh, like most animals, are normally 80% to 90% water. In the cryptobiotic state, the organisms contain only about 3 to 5% water. So these things, like, completely so dry up. Yeah, they don't need. Right, so their body is not metabolizing, and it's just going into the state of, mm. of, yeah. Under laboratory conditions, the water content of some has been reduced all the way down to 0.05%. That means almost fuck all. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they were revived. They actually came back from that. 
Most authorities now agree that no metabolism occurs during cryptobiosis. The term no longer means a hidden form of ordinary life, but rather a state of being in which the active processes of life are temporarily suspended. In the cryptobiotic state, all that remains of a living organism is its structural integrity. A dry animal may be shrunken, but it maintains all connections and keeps uh, keep together the structures of its cells. In other words, biologists now hold, <clears throat> excuse me, biologists now hold molecules hooked together in a certain way will metabolize if given water, right? There was, I'm trying to think of the movie that was kind of similar to this, uh, The Faculty. Did you ever see that? Uh, it was early '90s. It was um, who was that? Uh, not not uh, uh, what the dude the from Pearl Harbor. I got the squinty eyes. Yeah, jo- Josh Hartnett is yes. that his name? Yeah, yeah it was Thirty him Days a Night, and like uh, there was a couple other famous people yeah. in that. And it was anyways, at the school, right? Yeah, and like the aliens, like they 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 grew from water. They were like these little water bear things, like these tardigrade things, and they would the more water they took in, like they would grow and like. Right, and then they like imitate like people. Yeah, and they imitate like the teachers and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that movie, which we uh, may or may not talk about later because we are bringing back oh. the top ten movies, buddy. So I hope you guys are ready for that. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Buckle about up. That. So, <clears throat> again, life is not the result of some mystical animating force that inhabits proteins or the nucleic acids that make up DNA. It is the structural arrangement of certain molecules that will behave chemically in specific ways in the presence of water. So, what does that all mean? Well, fuck if we know. But essentially, it seems that in these tiny organisms, if the law of the land is followed to a T, then it seems they are dead, dried, shriveled up things with no metabolisms, thus no life that can actually be reanimated with water. Pretty fucking interesting, though. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> Mind blown, man. So there's a ton more cool info on this in an article from the Washington Post titled Just Add Water from 1996. That is uh, information uh, that this information was taken from. And if you're really into the science stuff behind this, um, please definitely check it out. It's it's It'll bring the biggest nerd out of you. Because <laughs> yeah. me, I was going through the research and stuff, and I was just like, oh, it's awesome. And all I kept thinking was, just going to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's talk about electricity. Okay? Now... If one were to think that Frankenstein, despite being an early foray into the world of reanimation, was possibly influenced by real-world attempts at the same result, one would actually be correct. In the late 18th century, many doctors and scientists began toying with dead things and electricity. In 1780, Italian anatomy professor Luigi Galvani, hey! Luigi. <laughs> My name is Luigi! Hey! Oh, so Luigi will go past go! Is it Luigi? He's a make a pasta! <laughs> He the toilet. I make the people come to life. <laughs> so he discovered that he could make the muscles of a dead frog twitch and jerk with sparks of electric- electricity, which I'm sure you've done that before, right? Yeah. Like I mean, in science class on, or whatever. Like anything's going to do that. This is back in 1780. All right. So they were still... It's still old school. Right. We're a little advanced from that. So <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> when I shocked this thing, it moves. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Write it down. It's alive. <laughs> alive. <laughs> So others quickly began to experiment by applying electricity to other animals that quickly grew morbid. Galvani's nephew, physicist Giovanni Aldini, Aldini! Giovanni is Luigi! My pasta is Aldini! He was a ravioli! I'm married to a... Uh, a, a, a right Italian. Yeah. Like sons of My wife is very, very, very Italian, so... <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. She's up there like, what the fuck? We're going to go up there and break. She's going to be like, Hi. yeah, Yeah. She's going to look at me and be like, all right, motherfucker, I got <laughs> yeah. you. So anyway, Giovanni Aldini obtained the body of an ox, 
proceeding to cut off the head and use electricity to twist its tongue. What? He sent such high levels of voltage through the diaphragm of the ox that it resulted in a, quote, very strong action on the rectum, which even produced an expulsion of the feces. <laughs> wow. So, in other words, he put so many so many volts, volts, volts into yeah. this thing that it, it blew out its asshole. Yeah, releases the bowels. Dude, I told you that in the past episode. When you die, the electrons in your body, they make your bowels release. But this wasn't a release. This was forced. It was like... Well, that's... Yeah, that's a little... It's like we're trying to get the rest of the ketchup out of the bottle. Always, It never comes out light, man. No matter... Even if you tilt it on you're like, I got this, I got this, I got this. Yeah. Son of a... That's exactly what it was, except it was shit. Nice. So people outside of science were also fascinated by electricity. They would attend shows where bullheads and pigs were electri- electrified and watch public dissections at research institutions such as the Company of Surgeons in England, which later became the Royal College of Surgeons. Do you think they were on parade and the scientists were like, quit it now? Wow, 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 wow. So when scientists, <laughs> when scientists tired of testing animals, they turned to corpses. There you go. Particularly corpses. That's way more fun. Oh, yeah. Particularly corpses of murderers. Oh, damn it. <laughs> That's the button. <laughs> of the murder one kind of made sense, though. Yeah. So in 1751, England passed the Murder Act, which allowed the bodies of executed murderers to be used for experimentation. Oh, there you go. And, uh, quote, the reasons the Murder Act came about were twofold. There weren't enough bodies for anatomists, and it was seen as a further punishment for the murderer. We so, should still do this today. I absolutely agree. I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, well, I guess you can donate your body to science, so I guess it's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, but I feel like that's where they, where the, the catchy line where they kill you. Like the whole organ donor thing. Did you ever hear the conspiracy behind that? That's a good one for Moody to get into. Oh, yeah, where they, if but you're like, an if you're, organ you're, donor, they won't revive like you. Like you're laying on the pavement, and like you can totally be revived and live, but they're like, oh, he's an organ donor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Which is not true, folks. Let's not. You never know. Black market no, prices they're on not, kidneys, dude. Are doing that on it. How many EMTs do you know have a connection to the black market? Probably a lot of them. <laughs> they're on the dark web at home. They're like, yo, I got a kidney. It's like, well, well, what do you call her, sugar butt? Maybe she'll be able to tell us. Oh, yeah. We yeah. should interview her. Yeah, we should ask her if she's ever... If she's ever dealt with the ever black taking, market. Taking like, organs to the black market. Here's the thing. I bet she was on break one time. She goes outside and like this shady guy with the hoodie comes up and he's carrying a paper bag that's all wet on the outside. You know? He's like, hey. I can see it. Hey. Hey, I got this. Uh, I got this heart in this bag. 50 bucks. It's yours. It's just dripping. Like- yeah. She's like, I, 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 I can't take that. That's illegal. <laughs> he's like, I, I, I didn't say anything. And he runs away. <laughs> it's just my lunch. What are yeah. you talking about? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they, they did do that. So, Juliet Burba is the one who said that. She was the chief curator of an exhibit called Mary and Her Monster at the Bakken Museum in Minnesota. Quote, it was considered additional punishment to have your body dissected. I mean, all right, fuck it. I guess. Well, I mean, yeah. On November 4th, 1818, Scottish chemist Andrew Ure stood next to the lifeless corpse of an executed murderer. The man hanging by his neck at the gallows only minutes before he was performing an, an anatomical research demonstration for a theater filled with curious students, anatomists, anatomists, thank you, and doctors at the University of Glasgow. <clears throat> Excuse me. But this was no ordinary cadaver dissection. Ure held two metallic rods charged by a 270-plate voltic battery oh boy. to various nerves and watched in delight as the body convulsed, <laughs> writhed, <in> delight. 
and shuddered in a grotesque, a grotesque dance of death. Oh my God. That's like the little kid with the magnifying glass frying ants, you know, like, ah, I got yeah, my yeah. Can you imagine though? Just no. like, just, just, yeah. and it's like, just moving yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. It's like weekend at Bernie's. It'd be amazing. So when the one rod was applied to the slight incision in the tip of the forefinger, you're later described at the Glasgow Literary Society, the fist began previously clenched. That finger extended instantly, and from the convulsive agitation of the arm, he seemed to point to the different spectators, some of whom thought he had come to life. That's what I'm saying. So, like, there there's, could be so much confusion there. If you're juking this body with tons and tons of volts consistently, I'm talking, like, you know, you're, you're going for, like, five minutes nonstop. Right, lots and lots. All the tendons and muscles are going to, you know, expand and contrast, it, and so it's going to make it move. Right, we know that now. Yeah, but, I mean, like, if you stopped, it's just going to break. Back yeah. in the day, they were like, ha, ha, ha. They're like, it's alive. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Ure was one of many scientists during the late 18th and 19th centuries. Yuri? Ure. It might oh, be Yuri. I you said Yuri. I was like, wait, It's what? U-R-E. So I don't know. It could He's be Yuri. He's a time traveler. Huh? <laughs> it's Yuri, hey. Uh, so they, they, a bunch of people conducted crude experiments uh, with galvanism, the stimulation of muscles with pulses of electrical current. The bright sparks and loud explosions made for stunning effects that lured in both scientists and artists. Great Chemical Brothers song, by the way. <clears throat> what is it? Galvanize. Oh, really? Yeah. With this era of reanimation serving as inspiration for Mary Shelley's literary masterpiece, Frankenstein, Frankenstein, or the modern Prometheus, um, while most scientists were using galvanism to search for clues about life, Yuri, or Yuri, whatever, Wanted to see if it could actually bring someone back from the dead. Uh-huh. So he's trying to take this shit a little bit further. They're not too far off, though. Yeah. Think about the, what are those shock pads they use when they're trying to revive you? Mm-hmm. I mean. What is it, a defibrillator? Is defibrillator, that right? yeah. yeah. I mean, so, like, the, the concept isn't that far off, right? Well, I think that's what makes people, I think that's where that, so it moves the muscle and, and, like, and it restarts and the heart. Kickstarts your heart. No pun intended. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah! By the way, side note. Uh oh. I learned something. The guy, this guy at work told me, you know, Little Sweet, the Dr. Pepper guy? No. Who does all the jingles and stuff? You never heard of Little Sweet? No. He does all these crazy. Anyways. Okay. Okay. So you wouldn't get this then. No, go ahead. I mean, but if you guys know who Little Sweet is on the Dr. Pepper commercials, it's actually the guy that lost to Kelly Clarkson in season one of American Idol. Uh, Justin something or other. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. At least he's like, got a that's career. That's what he's doing. <laughs> like, fast forward 20 yeah. years later, and he's, least, a little, he's a little sweet for Dr. Pepper. Let's hope he's making money. Yeah. So, quote, this was a time when people were trying to understand the origin of life, when religion was losing some of its hold, says Burba. (laughs) There was a lot of interest in the question, what is the essence that animates life? Could it be electricity? Lying on Ewer's table was the muscular, athletic corpse of a 35-year-old coal miner, Matthew Clydesdale. In August 1818, Clydesdale drunkenly murdered an 80-year-old miner with a coal pick and was sentenced to be hanged at the gallows. Oops. Yeah. His body remained suspended and limp for nearly an hour, while a thief who had been executed next to Clydesdale at that same time convulsed violently for several moments after death. The blood was drained from the body for half an hour before the experiments began. Andrew Yore, who had little to, uh, to no known experience with electricity, was a mere assistant to James Jeffrey, an anatomy professor at the University of Glasgow. He had studied medicine at Glasgow University and served briefly as an army surgeon, but was otherwise known for teaching chemistry. 
Quote, not much is known about Yuri, but he was sort of a minor figure in the history of science, says Alex Bose, author of Elephants in Acid and Other Bizarre bizarre Experiments. What the fuck? Sounds like a great Friday night. Yeah. One of Yuri's main accomplishments was the single bizarre galvanic experiment, uh, this guy says. Others, such as Aldini, conducted similar experiments, but scholars uh, write that Yuri, or Yuri, whatever, was convinced that electricity could restore life back into the dead. Quote, while Aldini contented himself with the role of spasmodic puppeteer, Yura's ambitions were well nigh Frankensteinian, wrote Ulf Hugh. What the fuck name? <laughs> Ulf, Ulf Hugh in Studies in Romanticism. Ulf. What, is, what kind of fucking name? Ulf. Is it like O O F? Like it's, Ulf? It's U L F. Yolf? Ulf. <laughs> Yolf. And his last name is H O U E. Oh, wow. Hugh. My name is Uf Hugh. That's like the bad guy from Die Hard, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Yuri, or your, we're going to call him Yuri from here on out because sure. I'm a fucking asshole. Anyway, charged the battery with dilute nitric and sulfuric acids five minutes before the police delivered the body to the University of Glasgow's anatomical theater. Incisions were made at the neck, hip, and heels, exposing different nerves that were jolted with the metallic rods. When Yuri sent charges through Clydesdale's diaphragm and saw his chest heave and fall, he wrote that, quote, the success of it was truly wonderful. Yuri's description of the experiments are vivid. He poetically noted how the convulsive movements resembled, quote, a violent shuddering from cold, and how the fingers, quote, moved nimbly like those of a violin performer. (laughs) (laughs) Sure they did, Yuri. Yeah. (laughs) Way to make it sound okay. Sure. Other passages like this one about stimulating muscles in Clydesdale's forehead and brow are more macabre. Quote, Every muscle in his countenance was simultaneously thrown into fearful action. Rage, horror, despair, anguish, and ghastly smiles united their hideous expression in the murderer's face, surpassing far the wildest representations of Fuseli or Keane. And what do you think of that? I'd be like, what? <laughs> so Yuri, com- say what? <laughs> this is what he wrote comparing the result of the, vis- of the visage or visage, whatever, of tragic actor Edmund Keane and the fantastical works of romantic painter Henry Fuseli. He continued, quote, At this period, several of the spectators were forced to leave the apartment from terror or sickness, and one gentleman fainted. <laughs> yeah, so they freaked the fuck out, man. Well, back then they probably did. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I could see that. Like, yeah, you know. So the whole experiment lasted about an hour. Quote, both Jeffrey and Yuri were quite deliberately intent on the restoration of life, wrote FLM Patterson in the Scottish Medical Journal. But the reasons for the lack of success were thought to have little to do with the method. Yuri concluded that if death was not caused by bodily injury, there was a probability that life could have been restored. But if the experiment succeeded, it wouldn't have been celebrated since he would be reviving a murderer, he wrote. Yeah. Catch 22. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, well, I mean, did they know about heart attacks and all that stuff back in the day? Yeah, I and mean, that's what he's saying there. He was like, you know, he said that uh, if death was not caused by bodily injury, that that he thinks that you'd be able to revive someone. So he, really, that leaves like old age, because right. any way you die is gonna harm your organs. But or, even old age, your heart just fucking stops. Yeah, it you just I mean? it runs out of gas. Your whole body just goes. Yeah, and that's it. So Yuri is just one of many scientists and doctors at this time experimenting with reanimation. We'll discuss some others in a bit. In modern times, a case can be made that we re- reanimate people all the time. Without getting into semantics of clinical death versus biological death, um, 
versus this and that and yada yada, we can look to the use of a defibrillator Uh as a basic use of electricity to revive a person who is technically dead. Would that not be reanimation? Yeah. There are arguments being made and in discussions about reanimation, it seems like this is, uh, this comes up a lot. Then there is a giant sciency biology fight and much ink is spilled and pocket protectors destroyed and still no consensus. <laughs> so we'll spare you the agony of those arguments. Electricity seems to be the most popular medium in historical attempts at resurrection, mostly because of its effects on muscles and the ability to move body parts after death. These days, we do know that this is simply a reflex action uh, due to the stimulation of the muscles and nerves and has nothing to do, really, with the reanimation, so to speak. All right, so what about using chemicals? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so chemicals reanimate cells and bring the dead back to life. Can they do that? Yeah, they just pump them full of it. Well, according to many zombie movies, yes, this this actually can happen. But according to a Yale University study, also, um, yes, Yale neuroscientist Nanad Sistan revealed that his team has successfully reanimated the brains of dead pigs recovered from a slaughterhouse by pumping them with artificial blood using a system called BrainX. They were able to bring them back to life, quote unquote, for up to 36 hours. Also, you, you heard that right. Um, they call it Brain X. <laughs> That's fucked up. 36 hours 36, of a brain uh, be after being dead? For, yes. That's messed up. Yes. And if uh, that doesn't scream B-horror movie, I don't know what really does. And admittingly, the pig's brains did not regain consciousness, okay? But Sistan acknowledged that restoring awareness is a possibility. Crucially, he also uh, disclosed that the technique could work on primate brains, you know, which includes us. And that the brains could be kept alive indefinitely. Oh boy. This is interesting because it raises some interesting questions. If consciousness could be restored to the brain of a human, would it be worth it? What would it be like just to be a brain? Even if your conscious brain were kept alive after your body had died, you would have to spend the foreseeable future as a disembodied um, brain in a bucket. Well, no, you get in a jar, you find a body, and then you go get those fucking Ninja Turtles, and you kick the <laughs> shit out of Splinter. I'm broad! <laughs> That's what you do. Yeah, but then you'd be locked away inside your own mind without access to the senses that allow us to experience and interact with the world and the inputs that our brains so crave. Could you imagine if people couldn't die? Like, especially now. I right would, now, in this world we no, live in, if people that. couldn't die, no, could you imagine? Nope, nope. I, that would be the worst thing in the fucking world. I mean, right? Absolute worst. No, okay, hold on a second. There's so many... Uh, all right. Here's the thing about that, because, you know, that's been something that people have been looking forever. Who was it? Ponce de Leon that was looking for the Fountain of Youth, and yeah. I believe that's who it was. Um you know, everyone has wanted to have, like, you know, the Fountain of Youth or be able to stay alive forever or whatever it is. And, and I, I just think that, A, you ever seen those movies where, like, you know, it's a, either a vampire or somebody really old and he watches everyone he loves die around him. Yeah, and he's left alone. And he's left alone. Or you age and your body just starts to just melt and deteriorate and you're not going to die. Death becomes her. Y- yeah, 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 yeah. Where she has to keep getting all the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. I, I think it sounds fucking horrible. You? Yeah. No, hell no. <laughs> Especially if, like, the, the reincarnation upgrade theory is true. You know what I mean? Like, where they say, like, every time you die, you actually upgrade in your next life. As far as, like, your... What you do, what you do for a living, and who your family is, what you look like. So you're saying I was a monkey in my past life? 
Well, <laughs> some of us got to start at the bottom. <laughs> start at the bottom. Now I'm here. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, if there's a restart, you know, like, yeah, this life was awesome. But what does the next one have? If there is another one. No, I agree. I think what is that? Buddhist that believes in that? Like reincarnation? Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of or different monks. There's a lot of different like that. ones that do that. Um, um, who was the? Yeah, I got. I think Buddhism. I don't, know. dude. I don't know. I'm sure our Facebook posts will. Um, blow yeah, up I'm sure with yeah. what the right answer is. Don't <laughs> worry. So the knowledge and technology needed to implant your brain into a new body may be decades, if not centuries, away. So you would literally just be a brain with consciousness. That I'm pretty sure Elon Musk has done it in his garage. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. It computes into like a word yeah. document or something. Yeah. Like that kid that he just had is not really his kid. It's like, I don't know, somebody famous, someone's brain, Einstein's brain or some shit. That's hilarious. Reanimated in that little baby. But it's so funny because it does remind me of um, of uh, um, young Frankenstein. Yeah. Where he goes in to get the brain and he comes back and he is like, um, Igor, um, <laughs> what brain did you put uh, in there? And he's like, he's like, um, Abby, um, Abby, what? <laughs> um, Abby normal or something. Yeah. <laughs> he just freaks out. Like you gave me an abnormal brain. Mel Brooks so, is the man. Dude, please. If you guys have never seen that, please go and watch it. It is yeah. absolutely one of my and don't favorite. be offended by it. No, because I know a lot of people have been complaining. Like they've been wanting to ban Mel Brooks. Like a lot of these younger kids. It's have. bullshit. Because it's so racist and it's so offensive and yeah, it's like, you know what? Back in that time, that shit didn't exist and it was funny. Well, you know why they did that shit too and it was hilarious, Uh, just like uh, Blazing Saddles. They did it to because they made fun of it to get rid of it. Yeah. They made fun of it to go. Yes, we'll talk about the elephant and in the show room. Show how ridiculous. Right, we'll yeah. we'll make fun of it right here, right now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's yeah. Anyway, yeah. Then people are too fucking sensitive. Then again, most of the people that listen to this podcast probably aren't. So that's awesome, and we appreciate it because if you are sensitive, you're in the wrong fucking place. <laughs> Look, go get your thunder vest. Yeah, <laughs> put it on. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. So I don't, the- don't want to go off. <laughs> So in the best case scenario, you would be spending your life with uh, only your uh, own thoughts for company. Some have argued that even with a fully functional body, immortality would be tedious like we were just talking about. With absolutely no contact with external reality, it may just be a living hell. So in other words, even if you have a body and your brain is only the functional thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like that's again, that's the Metallica one video. Yeah. Where the guy's completely paralyzed. Oh, yeah. You know, well, that's the thing too. They, they, me, they don't please. know. They, yeah. they really have no idea. There's so many things that we, as, as, as the human race, do not know about that. You know, I what know. I mean? about the brain and the brain functions. Like, dude, they, they technically don't know why we sleep. Truthfully, well, and, you're you're no. They say that organs we, need rest. Technically, they don't. That's just the thing. Like, if you research it and look it up, I promise you, I I can find you. I don't know, fifteen different medical reports or whatever that explain that they don't really understand why. They think that's why. Yeah. But they don't have definitive proof of why we, why why we sleep. Huh. Yeah. And then when we sleep, all the cognitive cognitive functions that are going on in our brains or whatever and whatever they have ideas. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's crazy to me. It's crazy. So according to some, it is impossible for a disembodied brain to house anything like a normal human mind. Antonio Damasio, a philosopher and neuroscientist, has pointed out that in ordinary humans, brain and body are in constant interaction with each other. Every muscle, nerve, joint, and organ is connected to the brain. And vast numbers of chemical and electrical signs or signals go back and forth between them and uh, each and every second, right? We know Mm -hmm. that, right? 
Without this constant feedback loop between brain and body, Damasio argues, ordinary experiences and thoughts are simply just not possible. Okay? Which makes sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of. So what would it be like to be a disembodied brain? Well, as we were saying, the truth is nobody knows. But it is a probable, um, it would be worse than just being simply tedious. It would uh, likely be deeply disturbing. Experts have already warned that a man reportedly due um, to, uh, to have the world's first head transplant could suffer a terrible fate. They say his brain would be overwhelmed by the unfamiliar chemical and electrical signals sent to, uh, sent to it by his new body and could send him mad, make him go fucking crazy. Do you think he'd be like, This house is a fucking prison on planet bullshit! In the galaxy of this sucks camel dicks. We could only hope, Jeff. <laughs> so a disembodied brain would be likely to react similarly, but because it would be unable to signal its distress or do anything to bring its suffering to an end, it would be even worse. Just like the one uh, video we were talking about. Yeah. How does a how does a brain kill its own self? It doesn't. Think about that. Yeah, you're not. Like you're in your own prison. Yeah, just like you know, my like, own prison. <laughs> 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 you, 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 there's no way out like, yeah you're you're just you're stuck dude it's like people that are you know yeah. unfortunately that have become vegetables or whatever and they're you know like we don't know what they're thinking they could literally be in there screaming i feel so bad for people and like you know especially like older people you ever seen like the old people in nursing homes that are just staring oh yeah and like they, that's all they do yeah. all day long is yeah. there it's like you know what Here's five bucks. Push me out the window. <laughs> like, just make it quick, would you? Make sure I land on the concrete and not the grass, so I do die. <laughs> hey, kid, come here. Yeah. I'll give you five dollars. Just don't tell anybody. Just push me down the stairs. <laughs> I'll buy you a pack of cools if you just <laughs> shove me hard up to the concrete. Would you like a Charleston shoe? I swear. I had some of those, by the way. I figured you Love would. Those, man, oh, you they're good. Bitch. That's an old timey candy. <laughs> so to end up as a reanimated, disembodied human brain may well be to suffer a fate worse than death. Now, maybe if you had a body, things wouldn't be so bad. But as stated earlier, many think that it would be extremely tedious to live forever if it was possible. None of us expected to make it this fucking long. So fuck yeah. living forever. Period. Another player in the chemical game actually is a mix of chemical, a mixture, a mix of chemical and biological attempts at reanimating recently dead brains. The company BioQuark, you got that? BioQuark, that like umbrella from Resident Evil. <laughs> it sounds like it. Plans to initiate a study to see if a combination of stem cell and protein blend injections, electrical nerve stimulation, and laser therapy can reverse the effects of recent brain death. So this, folks, is where we get really tricky. When we talk about stem cell research and cloning and oh, yeah. playing God, essentially, and breaking all the rules of everything anybody's ever known, it gets a little hairy. I know you don't like Tool. I know you're not a fan of Tool. Oh, but he does have a line that says, I wish I could play God and kill you myself. You probably can't hear the line because the bass line is doing the same thing the entire song. <laughs> <laughs> For 10 fucking minutes. <laughs> so anyway, what they're doing, they're literally trying to bring people back from the dead. Yeah. Okay. So, quote, it's our contention that there's no single magic bullet for this, so to start with a single magic bullet makes no sense. Hence why we have to take a different approach. This is a BioQuark CEO, Ira Pastor, who told Stat News. As Pastor, or Pastor, whatever, Pastor. We'll call him Pastor. That sounds more cool. Uh, uh, Ira Pastor. Yes. Pastel. Yes. Pa pas no, Pastor. 
Pistachio. Pistachio, yes. As Pistachio told the Washington Post last year, <laughs> he doesn't believe that brain death is necessarily a permanent condition, at least to start. It may well be curable, he argued, if the patient is, is administered the right combination of stimuli ranging from stem cells to magnetic fields. The, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. The re- I want to know who's fucking funding this shit. That's what I want to know. Yeah, and are there laws against this? I, I imagine that goes state to state. I don't think there's federal laws against yeah, it. I think there? there is because... Back when, uh, was it Bush Jr. or Sr.? I can't remember that far. It was one of the two. Um, they were they were just discussing and trying to attempt stem cell research. Right, and I knew that. And they were I cloning sheep. Yeah. And they shut the whole fucking thing down, like, instantly. Like, I'm sure it's being done. I'm sure it's been... I'm sure they've cloned a person by now, but, you know, in some, like, fucking underground laboratory, but... Oh, it's your buddy, Elon Musk. Oh, Yeah. He's probably, got, exactly. he's probably got five of himself. He is a clone. <laughs> he's probably got five of yeah. himself. Like, I don't feel like going to work today. <laughs> I'm the one that made the Tesla. <laughs> you know, anyways. But the, at one point, that was getting really popular in the news. And, like, the government shut it down. Like, Bush or some somebody. His yeah, I, I remember camera, that. They, they, like, shut yeah. it all down. So you got to imagine that there's something there that actually works. Or has worked. Or they're afraid. Under wraps. Yeah, they're afraid. You know what I mean? Well, the re- you can clone your dog. Remember we yeah. talked about that. We could, uh, who, who did that? Uh, the uh, Queen Elizabeth, I believe? Yeah. Didn't she clone hers? Like, you could do it, though. Like, you could literally take the DNA, a DNA sample of your dog now, and send it in. And when she passes away in however long, you know, she does, you can have it created in another embryo. And, you know, it's birthed as a puppy. And it's the identical, like, fur, eyes. The only thing that's different is like their demeanor, like how they're trained. So my luck is going to be like fucking pet cemetery or some shit. It would be like the bad version of your dog. Right, exactly. <laughs> you got the good one. Like, you ever seen, what was that, uh, Multiplicity with Michael Keaton? Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. he kept making duplicates of himself, <laughs> yeah. and then he just get dumber and dumber and dumber right, until right. the one's like, I like ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Ted Dad, ice cream. So the resuscitation process will not be a quick one, however. First, the newly dead person must receive an injection of stem cells derived from their own blood. Then doctors will inject a proprietary peptide blend called BQA into the patient's spinal column. This serum is supposed to help regrow neurons that had been damaged upon death. Finally, the patient undergoes 15 days of electrical nerve stimulation and transcranial laser therapy to instigate new neuron formation. During the trial, researchers will rely on EEG scans to monitor the patient uh, for brain activity. So th- this is act. They've, they've. I'm this, telling you, this has been done before. They're trying and to do this. It's been successful. You just don't know about it. Here's what I don't understand, and I'm just going to throw this out here real quick. Okay, um, I'm a big like fuck Alzheimer's. Like fuck Alzheimer's in its okay. ass. Like I fucking you ever you know how people are like oh fuck cancer fuck yeah. Alzheimer's dude. All right. Um, my grandmother um loved her to death. Fucking just deteriorated from that shit and fell apart. Why aren't they trying to figure out? Or maybe they are. Maybe I don't know. And we just don't have those notes. And I don't have that information. But why aren't they trying to use that to try and do you want to know why regrow the the brain of somebody who's suffering from dementia? It's easy. You you want to know the answer? Sure. Big pharma. Ching. Yeah, maybe. Dude, that's every disease. Like, that's a cure for AIDS. That's a cure for cancer. I mean, yeah, you can go deep, deep. Moody would be the best one to explain that. But we don't know where he is. He's solving the cure. 
But you know what I'm saying? That it's everything's revolves around money. I mean, we know that. Come on. Yeah. It's oh, all money. Yeah. It's, it's all just, money grab. It's sad. It's really sad. They it were really talking is. about uh, Fauci, and I'm not trying to get political and conspiracy, but um, he had a patent. They were saying that he had a patent on the vaccine for coronavirus. That means when the vaccine comes out, guess who's making a percentage of the money? Oh, yeah. Dr. For sure. Fauci Oh, is. for sure. So I'm saying everything revolves around fucking money, whether oh, yeah. you believe it or not. Oh, no. I'm telling you guys it 100%. does. 100%. Absolutely. They're a bunch of fucking... Highest bidder. Highest bidder. What is it? Uh, there's uh, no money in the cure, just in the disease. Yep. You know how they say that all yeah. the time? Like, yeah, if you cure them, they're not going to be able to buy it anymore. Yeah. So I, I guarantee you... Big pharma. I guarantee you half of these things have been discovered from stuff just like this. You know what I mean? But it's all... Put under. Look at the cars when the, the guy came out with the motor that can run on water. The cars? You mean like the car? <laughs> the man? The cars? You know what I'm saying? Say, yeah, yeah. I was trying to get a song in my head yeah, real fast. Just what I needed. There you go. <laughs> I know tonight. Yeah, there you go. She comes. Sorry. <laughs> Which, by the way, one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah, they're pretty I, good. I absolutely love them. Anyway, Ohio native, by the way, too. Yeah, Rick Okasek. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, the, the one guy came out with the engine that would run off of water. Then another guy came out with an engine that would run off of corn. And what happened? Those guys got buried. They got buried in debt. They got blackballed. All the shit got destroyed from the automotive companies because it, it all revolves around money. The corn Everything engine, revolves around money. The corn engine probably just couldn't digest itself and was just leaving bits of corn everywhere. To run everywhere. <laughs> it's like when Emmett Brown flips the lid. He, Doc, what are you doing? He's dumping garbage in there, you know? Marty, Marty. Yeah. So sometimes, Jeff, the dead come back on their own. Yes! I know this. <laughs> I've made several movies about the dead. George, George, calm down. Why can't they get the goddamn ballot count? <laughs> ballot. I don't know, George. That's a great question. <laughs> That's where we're at. Ah. Uh, so... Lazarus syndrome is the spontaneous return of a birthday cardiac rhythm after fail birthday. Yeah, what's a birthday cardiac? Rhythm? I don't think that's correct. I don't. Is it a real thing? Do you think he was grabbing a birthday cupcake <laughs> flavor and he like typed it in there? Maybe he's giving me code words now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, we need to figure this out. All, All right, right. So everything weird that we come across, let's put it on the side. So we got birthday. Right, so birthday is this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, italicize this one. Yeah, you like that word. We're going to decode this. Right. this. This might be a message for help. So it says return of a birthday cardiac rhythm, which doesn't make sense, after failed attempts at resuscitation. Its occurrence has been noted in medical literature at least 38 times since 1982. Okay. It takes its name from Lazarus, who, as described in the New Testament, was raised from the dead by Jesus. Basically, this occurs after a person has died and attempts to revive them using CPR or other means have failed, and since time will pass and the heart will start back up on its own. His his brother Q Lazarus made a song called Wild Horses. It's pretty fucking gnarly, dude. It's pretty <laughs> fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. The causes of the syndrome are not understood very well, with some hypotheticals being there um, uh, built up of uh, pressure in the chest following CPR, hyperkalemia, which is elevated potassium levels in the blood, or high doses of epinephrine. Some of these cases are pretty crazy. Is this spontaneous bio bio fucking hell biological reanimation? Well, here's a couple of tales for you, Jeffrey. Oh no! Can he, you read them in like a Vincent Price voice? Oh god! Like make it really eerie. And um, I, 
I suppose. No, that's too. That's too British. Red crow, red crow. <laughs> yeah, hold on. It's got to get like this. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. a sixty-six-year-old man suffering from a suspected abdominal aneurysm suffered cardiac arrest and received chest compressions and defibrillation shocks for seventeen minutes during treatment for his condition. Vital signs did not return. The patient was declared dead, and resuscitation efforts ended. Ten minutes later, the surgeon felt a pulse. The aneurysm was successfully treated, and the patient fully recovered with no lasting physical or neurological problems. Skywalker! Very nice. (laughs) Very nice. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so... I feel like the listeners can identify more when it's more of like a play, like an act. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, except I almost ran out of breath in that one. It's hard to do that one. I know. (laughs) You'll you'll, you'll get good over time. The the Emperor is a tough one to (laughs) to do. So according to a 2002 article in the journal Forensic Science International, a 65-year-old prelingually deaf... (laughs) Fucking hell, what the... Prelingually deaf Japanese man was found unconscious in the foster home he lived in. CPR was attempted on the scene by home staff, emergency medical personnel, and also in the emergency department of the hospital and included in appropriate medications and defibrillation. He was declared dead after attempted resuscitation. However, a policeman found the person moving in the mortuary after 20 minutes. Uh-oh. The patient survived for four more days. <laughs> that That's fucked. That's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so a 45... 45- you snap your own neck? Do you think it's possible, like, if you had to, like, if you were just, like, you know, let's say you were, like, binded or stuck, or you're in, a, like, the buried movie, you're stuck in, like, could could you turn your head so fast and hard that you could actually snap your own neck? I don't know. I don't know if you could do that. Because I would attempt that. <laughs> if you were if I was in that situation, I would be trying to break my own fucking neck. Wait, would you be the cop doing that because you just saw someone come to life? Like, ah! <laughs> just, no, I'd shoot it. I mean, you got a gun. Might as well use it, right? Well, we see how I'm that kidding, works. On listeners, yeah. I'm kidding. And I'm going to get hate mail from yeah, my guns. Of course. And shit. A 45 year old woman in Colombia was pronounced dead as there were no vital signs showing she was alive. Later, a funeral worker noticed the woman moving and alerted his co worker that the woman should go back to the hospital. And that's when I changed professions, too. You know what I mean? If you're the funeral guy. and Or don't die in Colombia, folks. How's that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. A 65 year old man in Malaysia came back to life. Two and a half hours after doctors at Sebarang Jaya Hospital, Penang, pronounced him dead. He died three weeks later. Anthony Yale, 37, so this is a young guy, in Bellbrook, Ohio, oh boy, was breathing abnormally at 4 a.m. on August 5th, 2013, and could not be woken. After finding that Yale had no pulse, first responders administered CPR and were able to retrieve a stable enough heartbeat to transport him to the emergency room. Later that afternoon... He again suffered cardiac arrest for 45 minutes at Kettering Medical Center and was pronounced dead after all efforts to resuscitate him had failed. When his son arrived at the hospital to visit him, or to, to uh, visit his supposedly you know dead father, he noticed a heartbeat on the monitor that was still attached to his father. Resuscitation efforts were resumed, and Yale was successfully fucking revived. All right, listeners, let's take this train to a, a scientific tunnel, okay? Choo-choo! <laughs> <laughs> let's think about this logically. I guess, I guess, they, they do say, I think it's, and you'd have to look it up, but I think it's like three, three to five minutes the body stays alive after death, like your brain can function. Is it like three to five minutes? Okay. I thought we talked about this before. Because they talk about like people drowning. The, the brain, is that what you're asking? Yeah, because isn't it like when somebody drowns, the the body still stays alive for like, I don't know, 
a certain amount of time. Okay. Anyways, while you're looking that up, yeah. <clears throat> let's assume. Ooh, it's actually only 10 to 13 seconds. Get out of here. Really? That quick? According to the internet, it says, if, however, the brain receives no trauma from the killing blow and the decapitation is clean, the brain will continue to function until the lack of oxygen and vital chemicals from blood loss causes unconsciousness and death. The current medical consensus is that survival does occur post-decapitation for a period of roughly 10 to 13 seconds. Is that from the New York Times? Because they've been calling states early. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways. Yeah, where's my... There it is. Anyways, let's think about that. Like, if the temperature was right, okay, like the body organs, let's think. If they remained proper temperature, and I guess the oxygen didn't completely cut off, or the brain was still functioning, I guess it's possible to come back, right? Yeah, I would assume so, as long as there's no... But I don't know what it would take. Like, you see all these... We talk about electricity. You know, you have to, like, juke it. You have to make it spasm. Yeah, to come back. Well, so that's the defibrillation for the heart. Is there something like the spontaneously happening inside that person's body that that causes a spasm and then it brings them back to life, or is it just like a a fluke? There's got to be a scientific reason why. Uh, we don't know it yet. Shall we take the train out of the scientific tunnel? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm gonna make a sound effect. <laughs> it's it's got to be that lame tunnels and then out of tunnels. You it's got to be that lame little. Choo-choo as well. You ever see those wooden whistles at like the Cheesecake Factory? That's what we're going to have. Yeah. So here's another one. Walter Williams, 78, from Lexington, Mississippi, was at home with uh, when his hospice nurse called a coroner who arrived and declared him dead at 9 p.m. on February 26, 2014. Once at a funeral home, he was found to be moving, possibly resuscitated by a defibrillator implanted in his chest. The next day, he was well enough to be talking with family, but died 15 days later. Oh, what fucking shitty dice to roll, I know, that sucks. (laughs) you imagine that? Like, you you come back to life, and it's like, oh, I'm going to change my life. We're going to take all the money out of the bank. You know, here's some for you, some for you. Let's go to Disneyland. I'm going to eat chocolate all day. Who gives a shit because I lived? You know, and then (laughs) that's it. That's it. That's all you get. All right, here is probably the craziest one. Velma Thomas, 59, of West Virginia. Well, her name is kind of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Holds the record time for recovering from clinical death. In May 2008, Thomas went into cardiac arrest at her home. Medics were able to establish a faint pulse after eight minutes of CPR. Her heart stopped twice after arriving at the hospital and she was placed on life support. Doctors attempted to lower her body temperature to prevent additional brain injury. She was declared clinically dead for 17 hours after doctors failed to detect brain activity. Her son, Tim Thomas, stated that, quote, her skin had already started hardening, her hands and toes were curling up, they were already drawn. Hold on, sidetrack. Tim Thomas? <laughs> is her fucking son's name? Really? Is, is, Tim Thomas. This is like Manson's mom, like she <laughs> yeah. just don't give a fuck. Name him Tim, I don't care. Well, she was taken off of life support and funeral arrangements were in progress. However, 10 minutes after being taken off of life support, she revived and fucking recovered. Yikes. That is insane. I wonder what kind of story she has to tell about oh, that. Oh, boy. We have to look that up. Velma Thomas. Remember that name. Moody, if you're out there, not twice if you're still alive, and then find out about Velma Thomas. Yeah, we got to check her out. That's a bonus episode, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. for sure. That should be a bonus episode. You, you won't get to find out unless you're a Patreon. That's right. Patreon supporters. See how we dangle that carrot? <laughs> <laughs> It's like that guy in the insurance commercial with yeah, the dollar. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, you almost got it. Oh, 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 you almost got, got a it. dollar for you. Yeah. So again, spontaneous biological reanimation. Who oh, knows? Boy. 
So these are some of the concepts of reanimation. Let's talk about a couple people that were into the reanimation game. All right. So there was Lazaro Spallanzani. Jesus. <laughs> these are like the fucking guys on Mario Kart that you have no idea. You never met. You know, you never seen him in any game. It's Lazaro Spallanzani. He's a Lazaro. <laughs> well, he was a Catholic priest and a professor of natural history at Pavia University in the late 1700s. He started small, adding water to microscopic animals and announcing that he had managed a resurrection when they came to life. But he wasn't really satisfied. For some reason, Spallanzani turned uh, for spiritual guidance to noted French cynic and atheist Voltaire. And I'm sure you've probably heard of Voltaire, right, Jeff? Oh, yeah. He's a Vigo. He's a child. Uh, so Spallanzani asked him what he thought happened to the souls of animals after death. Voltaire must have liked the guy because he replied gently that he believed Spallanzani about the reanimation and that the priest himself would be best qualified to answer that question. Although the priest's next trick was cutting the heads off of snails to see if they'd grow back, he was definitely the least mad of the mad scientists. He was the first person to prove that chemicals inside the body helped with digestion and was the first to spot white blood cells. Really? Yeah. So he's not like that kooky, right? No. Or creepy. <laughs> and all together, wait, what is it? I forget the ookie. Yeah, ookie, that's Spooky. it. Yeah. All together, ookie. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Which, Sorry. did you hear they're trying to get Johnny Depp to, to be uh, Gomez Adams? Johnny Depp got dealt a bad hand. Yeah. Have oh, you with seen his the tabloids lately? Oh, yeah. So they ruled on her side. No way. Yeah. I thought, wasn't she like beating his ass? Uh-uh. Well, well yeah. So <laughs> she, well, yeah. she was, but the, the court finally ruled and they they ruled in her favor. So now she's getting the Aquaman back and uh, Disney canceled him for Pirates of the Caribbean and all this. Car- like he's oh, screwed. Like he's losing everything now. That's bullshit. And he's labeled as a wife beater now. Oh, I, yeah, well, cancel culture, you know? Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Ugh. So let's talk about Andrew Cross. Andrew Cross was messing around with lightning in 1837. How do you mess around with lightning? <laughs> hey mom, I'm going to go mess around with lightning. Okay. <laughs> Careful. It's falsely frightening. Don't forget your tinfoil. <laughs> so he strung about a third of a mile of copper wire around his estate and concentrated all the electricity it picked up in his laboratory. Specifically, he focused on a sterile dish of primordial soup that he'd carefully prepared. After zapping the soup, he noticed that crystals were growing in it. Hoping he could graduate to something way cooler, he tried giving the soup long exposures to weak currents. To his amazement, he found that after long weeks, animals shaped like mites began to form and then move around. He, Wait a second. So he puts a bowl of soup out and he has copper wires that catch the lightning well, striking, goes into the bowl of soup that's forming crystals, and the more and more it keeps striking, it starts turning into mites, like little creatures. So little creatures start growing in it. So um, Is it, Moody high? So it's... So, <laughs> Do you think he was just like sitting there writing these notes and he's like, oh, they'll never know. I'm just going to put this. So it's just a, you know, a really old, old soup. It's just what it was. And it's probably had bacteria growing on it or something like like that. I could see that. Like insects and 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 mold. And then, yeah, like mold and stuff. And so I'm assuming. All right. So let's finish this. So um, so they began to move around. He repeated the experiment again and again. And to modern readers, it seems that he kept the environment pretty sterile if he followed all the procedures he described. Still, we have to assume it was contaminated. The Victorians um, assumed the same thing, but they also assumed that Cross was a jerk. The scientists believed he was making a play for false glory. The theists assumed he was trying to play God. 
The neighbors just thought he was going to burn his and sub- subsequently their house down. <laughs> yeah, that would be me. <laughs> and He's he, at it again. <laughs> he was disliked by all and had to leave his estate under the uh, until the scandal cleared. So he, basically everyone thought he was full of shit or he was just going to fuck something up. Um, this guy's name is Johann Dippel. Oh. Yes. This was the actual guy who inspired the Frankenstein legend. Frankenstein! He lived in the Frankenstein castle and signed his name as Frankenstein. Surprisingly, he was less like the good doctor than most people think, since he was more interested in preserving life than reanimating it. He did rob graves in the area, or is said to have, but only because he wanted to mix up an elixir of immortality, and for some reason he thought buried corpses (laughs) might just do it for him. Well, you need ingredients, right? Jesus Christ. So let's talk about doggy scientists. In the Frank and Weenie? <laughs> Great movie, by the way. It is. In the first half of the 20th century, it was not a good time to be a dog. Aww. People were apt to, uh, say, stick you in a tin can and send you into space. But at least that way, you got to see something. You really didn't want to be in uh, a range of the doggy Frankensteins. Robert Cornish would suffocate dogs and attempt to bring them back to life via emergency medical measures. He actually managed to bring two back, although they sustained brain damage. Maybe that's what happened to my dog. <laughs> was one of the ones that came back. Yeah, she's one of the ones that came back. Yeah, yeah. Sergey, oh my God, this last name. I just, I want to spell the last name for you real quick. Okay. B R Y U K H O N E N K O. Okay. Exactly. That's it. So Sergi attacked, uh, attached his newly invented heart and lung machine to his dog's head and kept it alive for quite some time. Dude, that's badass. Lying you on a, the robot dog. <laughs> lying on a plate and eating and drinking. Yes. It's like Vader, dude. Like you, you, people come over and your dog comes. I was like, <laughs> rough. <laughs> All right. So we talked about this guy a little bit earlier. Giovanni Aldini. Uh, now, this was Frankenstein, a, a Frankenstein extraordinaire that we mentioned earlier, okay? Uh, having learned about how to use electricity to make the muscles of a corpse jump, he took it to the extreme in public, like we talked about. He zapped the heads of a uh, of slaughtered oxen in order to get them to twitch in front of audiences. He moved on to the heads of executed prisoners, applying the electrodes to their ears. Oh, boy. He cut open corpses so he could zap their spinal cords. He claimed he could zap the suffocated and the drowned in order to revive them completely. And he bragged that he could, quote, command the vital powers. <laughs> he also took a sideline into researching whether or not there was a way to make objects and people fireproof. Fireproof, really? <laughs> that's impressive. Not much is said about his experiments in the latter area, but perhaps that's probably for the best. His tireless self-promotion never got him the chance to bring someone back to life, but it got him plenty of attention. He eventually traveled to Austria, where he was made a knight and awarded a political position. Unlike many of the scientists on this list, and certainly unlike Frankenstein himself, Aldini died a rich and happy man. So listen, we do have, I got another one here for you, okay? This is James Lovelock. He's another one of these scientists. In the 1950s, the field of cryobiology was so new it didn't even have a name yet. So budding cryobiologists didn't always have the exact tools they needed for a particular procedure. James Lovelock was one such scientist, and he outlined a method to bring rodents back to life. Lovelock's procedure involved putting a rat in a bath at minus 5 degrees Celsius for 90 minutes. After the rat was good and frozen, Lovelock would attempt to bring it back to life. 
Back then, there weren't fancy lab tools like rat heart defibrillators, <laughs> so Lovelock brought his rat's hearts back with a warm spoon. What? By restarting the heart and gradually warming the body, Lovelock brought the mice back to life. Although we can't say that's what the mice would have wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably didn't have a choice in that. So one quick sidebar. Is there a difference between resurrection and reanimation? Mm. The short answer is yes. As verbs, the difference between resurrect and reanimate is that resurrect is to raise from the dead to bring life back to, uh, to, while, uh, to bring back li- life, sorry, while reanimate is to animate anew. To restore to animation or life, to infuse new life, vigor, spirit, or courage into, to revive, to reinvigorate, as to, to reanimate a drowned person, to reanimate disheartened troops, to reanimate languid spirits. It's kind of like that one story where the guy's in the cave for seven days and moves the boulder and comes back to life. I don't know. I don't think I've heard that one. Yeah, I don't know. It's... Is that on Netflix? I think so. Yeah. I have to check it out. Isn't it good? Yeah, it's called The Resurrection of Jesus. Uh, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> So as an ad- adjective, reanimate is being animated again. Looking into it more, this leads to an exhaustive ordeal involving many, many religious websites trying to explain why Jesus is not a zombie. Oh. <laughs> Which is as ridiculous and hilarious as it sounds and is definitely recommended for you guys out there to read because it's fucking insane. Yeah, you think they're kicking themselves in the ass for that one? Oh, it's just so like, dumb. Damn it. Why couldn't we have seen, like, you know, 50 years later where <laughs> zombie movies and shit. So the subject of reanimation brings up many different facets of not only biology and chemistry, but ethics as well. There are lines that are not meant to be crossed. Okay, uh-huh. Is this one of them? Would you want to be brought back from the dead? No. You would not? No. Okay. No. Like, let's just say something something horrible happened and you you died at this very moment right now. Would you not want to come back? No, if I'm, you knew they could bring you back. No, because imagine if dying's painful. You only want to do that once. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If it's like the most painful thing you'd ever experience, death, let's just say it is. Yeah. You would not want to do that again. It just makes me think about the episode we did about um about the uh the, 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 the near death experience. The near death experiences or whatever. It's like you know, these people are like, oh, are we going into a white light? No, oh, man, this looks awesome. This is so great. Holy crap. This is good. Wait, wait, wait. Where am I going? What? Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah know? exactly. Like, that just that's what it makes me think of. So the lines between reanimation, resuscitation, resurrection seem to be thin and sometimes vague. That's why there are such different topics being discussed in this episode. Would you want to be brought back? You would, wouldn't you? <sighs> um... Like, if I knew for a fact I could bring you back. how different you would be. Like, your outlook on everything would be completely 180. There's so many different factors involved, though. It's like, you know what I mean? That's like, like, would you live your life, like, more healthy, like, more thankful? Would you be, like, spending extra time with your loved ones and family? Like, it would change. Probably. It would, it would have to, it would, right? Yeah, I would imagine it would trigger. That's why when we did that episode, like, that's pretty much what everyone was talking about. Like, yeah. I got a renew found faith in this, and I do this, and yeah, I got to. I mean, part of the thing that makes me as, as funny as I am is I'm an asshole. I would lose that. And we you know don't know what want I mean? that. Yeah, yeah, we don't want so that. So just leave me yeah. dead. Don't reanimate me. Yeah, I'm kind of an asshole too. Uh, not kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> if only the listeners knew. So either way, it's a hell of a fucking trip. So now, with all that being said, we are bringing back something amazing, Jeff. Oh, we are. Yes. 
you know we're we're reanimating something we (laughs) we are reanimating something and something that i i've I've missed and i just kind of want to bring it back and and moody you know he slips me these little things from out behind bushes and stuff (laughs) and so this is one of them and we're gonna bring back the top 10 movies that we used to do oh yeah and now boys and girls it's your favorite part of the show the movie review which top 10 movies will make the cut today so today is obviously the top 10 movies about reanimation. <laughs> and this list is, is home to a wide variety of movies that some may consider reanimation related and some may not. But they all involved people coming back in some form. So I have two different lists here. All right. One of them is from our one of our favorite sites, IMDb, the IMDb. All nice. right. Metascores. The Metascores, right. So we're going to go from number 10 to number one. All right. Okay. So number ten, any idea? Do you have any inkling of an idea? Okay, I'm gonna guess. This could be? I'm yes. gonna guess. All right. I don't have this on my screen, and I can't see you. Right, right. So you can't see shit. I'm gonna guess Freaky Friday. <laughs> right? Am I right? Did I win? <laughs> no. What do I win? Do I get a candy bar? <laughs> you don't get shit because that's wrong. Are you kidding me? That's number ten for sure. Number ten is actually Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Jason lives. I had part of it in there. <laughs> You did have Fridays in there. Wow. Good job for you. That's very good. Very good. So this one says, Tommy Jarvis goes to the graveyard to get rid of Jason Voorhees' body once and for all, but inadvertently brings him back to life instead. Oops. The newly revived killer once again seeks revenge, and Tommy may be the only one who can defeat him. Dude. (laughs) So I am a huge horror fan, and uh, I've loved... Almost every one of the Friday the 13th. Jason in space. That was fucking horrible. Jason X. That was. That's what it's Jason X. Jason 10 in space. Yeah. I've seen the first one and I've seen Jason versus Freddy. That's it. What? Yeah. I don't bother with. Oh, they're so good. It's the same shit over. They're so campy and so they're just fun to me. I love them. So this one has a uh, six point uh, or six point six stars. 6.0 6.0 stars, whatever, and a 30 meta score, which I don't even know why I say that because we don't even know what the fuck that is. What number is this in the series? Uh, this is number six. Oh, that's way up there. Yeah, number six. So it's a newer one. Uh, well, I wouldn't say newer. It's 1986. But this is like where they ran out of ideas and you're like, well, fuck it. Throw this one on the wall if it sticks. No, they ran out after three. <laughs> yeah. Actually, after two, if you think about it. But all right, number nine. Any uh, any thoughts on what number nine okay, could be? So it wasn't Freaky Friday. It was not Freaky Friday. Um, reanimation coming back to life. We're going to say Flatliners. No, that's a very good guess, though. Oh, no, it. it's actually Mary Shelley's Frankenstein from 1994. Robbie Robbie De Niro, Robert De Niro, uh, Kenneth Branagh, Helena Barham Carter, and Tom Holtz. Holtzy, such a fucking weird role for. For De Niro. You know, I've never seen it, to be honest with you. I have. This one, I've ago. never seen. I've never seen this one. Um, Well, it grossed $22 million. Um, It's got a 6.4, and it was in 1994. It just says, When the brilliant but unorthodox scientist Dr. Victor Frankenstein rejects the artificial man that he has created, the creature escapes and later swears revenge. Well, duh. That's what the, it, the the description should have been. Duh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, you know what the fucking movie is. I know how he got that role, though. You've seen the movie Cape Fear, right? Where he's the bad yes, guy and he's yes. all fucking crazy. Yeah, that's why he got that role in the Frankenstein. They figured that they they could continue that like oh, presence yeah. of a creepy. I you know what it. I mean? And yeah. it didn't. It didn't work. It didn't. All right, number eight. Any ideas? Okay, I'm striking out here. Um, reanimation. Frank and Weenie. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> no, I'm winning no prizes. In fact, today. this is probably the polar opposite of that. This is Evil Dead Two. Oh, yeah. okay. 1987, uh, Sam Raimi movie. Love these. Great. Bruce Campbell. Fuck, love these. And I know for a fact that this is like Moody's like favorite yeah. fucking. He movies lives ever. his life by this yes, movie for sure. And uh, it says the lone survivor of an onslaught of flesh possessing spirit holes up in a cabin with a group of strangers while the demons continue their attack. Grossed uh, $5.92 million, uh, and it's got a 7.8 on IMDb. Yeah, that's a good one. Of course. People love that yeah, one. Yeah, it's a great movie. If you guys haven't seen that one, first of all, fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right now, they're playing it on like, their Bluetooth speaker, or they're in the car, and the kid's like, Mommy, what does that mean? What do you mean you fuck yourself? Why do you say that? <laughs> Please don't let your children listen to this podcast. <laughs> We will let you guys know when there's one. Like, I finally let uh, uh, my daughter, Charlie, listen to one. Oh, did you? Which yes. one? Um, she actually listened to where our aunts were here for the Halloween episode. Oh, God. Yes. You listen to that? Only because the, the, the PG rating was okay on that one. I guess you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah the rest yeah. of them, not so much. Yeah. All right. Number six. Uh, man, I... Uh, Field of Dreams. You know what's fucked up? You're wrong, but it's Children of the Corn. I'm getting so close. <laughs> that's kind of fucked yeah, up, man. Yeah, yeah, So Children of the Corn, a young couple is trapped in a remote town where There's a dangerous... There's no reanimation in Children of the Corn. Uh, it says some of these are... I don't know. I, I'm just... Listen, do I make this... No. Is there? I don't know. Not that I remember. I thought they killed people. That's like, what they did. It's they a real, didn't reanimate them. It's a religious cult of children believes that everyone over age 18 must be killed, which kind of defeats the whole procreation of more children being born anyway so 14.57 million dollars and a 5.7 rating on imdb all right number five okay i want you to just think about this one just think about this entire episode yeah what do you think it's gonna be a frankenstein i know that okay young frankenstein yeah how is that number not number one though it should be yeah it it absolutely should be Eight fucking stars, of course, as it should yeah. be. An American grandson of the infamous scientist struggling to prove that the, his grandfather was not as insane as people believe is invited to Transylvania, where he discovers the process that reanimates a dead body. Of course, Gene Wilder, Madeline Kahn, Marty Feldman, Peter Boyle, like just a fucking amazing movie, uh, grossed $86.3 million. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it. Got that wow. Mel Brooks fuck you money. Yeah, for sure. Eight fucking stars on imdb love that movie guys we'd love to hear what you guys think of these movies too especially like young frankenstein and whatnot because it's such a great movie that's a good one and the friday the 13th ones i want to know you know what i want to know freaky friday do you like that movie i mean it's good (laughs) did you see they made a new kind of esque one with vince vaughn freaky friday it's kind of like that it i haven't really looked completely in it but every commercial i see yeah it looks like it's a freaky friday thing but it's with a serial killer oh really yeah i think I don't Vince know. Vaughn in a, like a serious role? Yeah, I, no, it's not serious. I don't know. It's just it's fucking weird. <laughs> You're talking just like him right now too. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. We might do this. We yeah, may do right. that. You I don't know. know. I don't know. It might yeah, happen. Okay. I don't know. I just anyway. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's nice. happening. Number four. Mm. Well, we covered Young Frankenstein and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. So I'll just say you've said this one. Pet Cemetery. You didn't say Pet Cemetery. No, I know, but that's what I'm guessing. Oh no, it's Frankenweenie. <sighs> <laughs> 
Frank and Weenie, when a boy's beloved dog passes away suddenly, he attempts to bring no, the animal back. God, please, to no. Life. <laughs> Through a powerful science experiment. Great movie. It is. Such a good movie. It's, it's very sad. It's sad. It's fucking fucked up. It's Tim Burton, Winona Ryder, Catherine O'Hara, Martin Short, Ma- Martin Landell. Uh, grossed $35.29 million with a 6.9 rating on uh, IMDb. Fun fact. Uh-oh. That was Tim Burton's very, 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 very first project he ever did in filmmaking. Not that specific one. But like way back in the day when he started doing filmmaking stuff, he made a short of Frank and Weenie. That was his first project oh, really? ever. Yeah. Oh, it's super cool. Love so then it. when he got the Beetlejuice money, he's like, I'm making my, my first project. <laughs> you got that Beetlejuice. Yeah. All right. So number three. Oh, man. So we're cutting down to the wire here. I don't think this is even remotely close, to be honest. I'm not 100% why, sure why this is on Terminator here. 2. Uh, which kind of has some reanimation in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you seen this, boy? <laughs> Wolfie's no. fine, honey. Wolfie's just fine. <laughs> I actually just watched the the newest one recently. Oh, did you? I can watch all those. I don't care. Like whatever. I'm that I'm that person that when I watch movies, I just my mind completely disassociates from so, everything, and I can just watch. I, we, I've kind of come to this thing now, and we're gonna sidetrack here for a minute. So first of all, no. Let me let me just do this. The midnight train going anywhere. Because yeah. we are going anywhere at this yeah. moment right now. So. We started watching at our house. We started rewatching Roseanne. Okay, the old Roseanne from like when you we used to watch the TV show yeah. Roseanne Barr. It's fucking okay. great. Still to this day, it's, still, yeah, it's, it's a great funny. show. John so, Goodman's amazing. So we had it on, you know, in the background. We went through all the seasons in like a week, basically. Just binge watch. <laughs> yeah, the shit yeah, yeah. Out of them. It's okay. on in the background all the time. You know, we catch parts of it, whatever. We happened to be flipping through channels watching the election stuff the other night, <laughs> and the Connors came on the new one. Oh. Have you seen John Goodman? He's lost a shit ton of weight. No, he, he looks so every character like DJ, the 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 one girl Becky and the yeah. other girl. It is so it was so hard for me to watch because I, I just felt like so horrible. Like they are so all fucking old. Like I'm talking old, old, old. Oh yeah, I saw a commercial. John um, Goodman looks like he's about to die. Yeah, John Goodman. Well, he lost a shit ton of weight, so he's just got that extra like he. But he, it doesn't even look like him. Yeah, he he looks. Well, I mean, and so like we're watching this and we're like oh my and like even DJ he's like fucking like 40 or something now he's like our age and I'm, I'm like watching I'm like this is so fucked up it was so fucking weird to see that like you know what I mean yeah, well dude we're all getting older man so anyways what were we talking about because there's a reason why I brought this up number three yeah it's the Rocky Horror Picture Show no we were talking about Terminator Oh yeah, yeah you watched it. So I won't, <laughs> but, but it was, <laughs> yeah. but it is, it is the Rocky Horror right, Picture. Right. Show. But, but hold that for a second because the train's still going anywhere. Okay. So I won't watch the new Terminator because I've seen the cover, like the, the the preview, and I've seen yeah. the cover of it. Yeah. And Linda Hamilton. Oh yeah. Is so fucking old. Yeah. I know I'll have that same awkward. Like I had to turn the Connors off. Like oh. I was just like I can't do I can't do it. I can't see you know them why differently than what I'm used to seeing them. It's because it's a sense of your own mortality, my friend. It is. It is. You're, like you're watching this though. and you're going, holy shit, I used to have a crush on her when I was a kid, and now she fucking, that could be my grandmother. Ooh, Roseanne? Not fucking Roseanne. Fucking I mean, you can tell us the truth. Selkana. You know, Selkana. Yeah. But it's, I, I just can't, that's why I can't fucking watch it. Roseanne. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, No, for it's sure. So, and I don't know if listeners out there, if you've experienced the same thing, even like with the Fuller House. Yeah. So I watched I watched a couple of those, which by God those are bad, and I they're bad, but you I can't like 
look at them the same. I can't. Like, everybody's just so fucking old, and it just it feels so, like, just out of place and awkward. I don't know. That's Maybe it's just me. So well, let's just be honest. Let's that, stop rebooting. They're rebooting Saved by the Bell with all the same people. I saw that. And they're old as shit. Stop it's like, grasping at straws, people. Let it go. Let you know? it go. Yeah. Now, unless they bring back, like, you know, what is it? Uh, da, da, bring da. back fucking Iron Wolf and Knight Rider and like Family Matters. <laughs> you know the Fall Guy. Like bring back good Fall shows. Guy. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm all about right? everyone right now is going. What are those? I know. Night Rider. Yeah, Night Rider would be badass. Night Rider would be badass, especially nowadays. But no, no, it wouldn't. Let's be honest. It'd be a fucking Tesla. You know, like <laughs> oh, get in the car. Yeah, fuck that. All right. So number three is the Rocky Horror Picture Show from 1975. A newly engaged couple have a breakdown in an isolated area and must seek shelter at the bizarre residence of Doctor Frank Inferter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got a confession. You love this movie, don't you? Never seen it. You've never seen Rocky Horror Picture Show? I've heard so many things about it. I know there's like a cult thing. I know there's like, they play it in theaters. People all dress up as the characters. Like, I know all about it, but I've never actually sat down and watched the movie. Well, first and foremost, it has one of my all-time favorite actors, Tim, Tim Curry, Curry yeah. um, which I made my wife sit down and watch Clue for the first time the other day. That's a great one. Fucking fantastic. I was dying laughing because yeah. all the slapsticky, like very Mel Brooksy shit going on. Yeah. And she's just looking at me like, are you fucking stupid? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just loved it. So anyway, this one, $139.88 million. It's a lot of fucking money. Um, 7.4. And of course, Tim Curry, Susan Sarandon, uh, Barry Boswick, Richard O'Brien. Of course, Meatloaf's in it. <laughs> fucking amazing. You don't remember him from Mushmouth, right? <laughs> it's a great movie. And it's a, it's a musical, but it's like kind of a darker, kind of weird musical from the 70s, 75, you know? Isn't it about like transvestites in... Uh, Tim Curry is. He's he's a tranny. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number two. What do you oh, think this is, man. buddy? So, and I, I'll give you a hint. Well, I mean, some of these aren't even about reanimation, so I'm trying yeah, to Yeah, I know. That's it. Whatever. You give me a hint. Uh, it's very... It's newer. That's your hint? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. That narrows it down to three. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be it can't be one or two it's got to be three um uh, it's 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 newer and it's a reboot oh man it's not pet cemetery no that's like the biggest reanimation movie i could think of yeah it's other it. than frankenstein it's it it is not about reanimation i don't understand why this is on here to be honest with you i have no idea I have no clue. Anyway, it you guys all know it. It grows three hundred and twenty-seven point four eight. The original million. it. No, this is the the new remake, one. the two thousand seventeen. <laughs> and Bill Skarsgård, whatever you guys have seen this, and if you haven't, you, you know it. And then the original was better. We're we got a fun fact about that too. Go ahead. That Tim Curry was in the original one that we just talked about in uh, number three, the horror, horror picture show. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, but what? that's not my fun fact. Okay, what? The uh, Skarsgård guy, the actor. Yeah, he added the eye thing. You know, in the in in the, in the movie It, where he's the clown and his eyes like cross, like yeah. he can cross his eyes, like roll to the left and right. Uh -huh. He can do that in real life, and he added that in. That was like not in the script. No he, way. He, yeah, I saw especially he was on like Jimmy Kimmel or some shit, the and fuck? he was doing it. What other movies has he been in? Not many. He was he was the uh, the one guy in. Uh, oh my god, what movie is that? Uh, Deadpool two. He's the one superhero that like pukes acid. Oh, is that him? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no and shit. like pukes all over himself and kills himself. Yeah. You know? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's okay. in Deadpool too. Number one, what do you think it is? And this is obviously on this doesn't make sense list on IMDb, which we have another list and we're going to go okay, through Okay, so that. if it doesn't make sense and none of these are about reanimation, it's going to be number one, which is going to be 
Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Am I right? No. It's actually Beetlejuice. Okay, then it does have resurrection. Right, right. Yeah, right. Okay, a reanimation, right. rather. So the spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home and hire a malicious spirit to drive them out. Obviously, Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Michael Keaton, who fucking just killed this movie, and Annie McEnroe, I don't know who that is. 7.5 on the uh, IMDb, um, $73.71 million it grossed. So that's like the Alec Baldwin... That not that we know, like that's when he was like young and skinny and looks nothing like the one we. Oh know yeah, now. he doesn't look anything yeah. like he does now. I first thought it was his brother, like Stephen, or one of the one of the Baldwin's. But... No, they would never be in a uh, movie that had actually made money. Right, <laughs> none of those guys. Bye. Right now, people are dancing in their car. Such a good movie. If you haven't seen Beetlejuice, that's a good, that's one you can watch with the kids. By the way, yeah, it's great. It's absolutely it's, great. It's really I'm pretty sure movie. everyone is listening is listen to Beetlejuice or listen to watch Beetlejuice. <laughs> I'm glad that's number one and not Saving Private Ryan because it so, makes more sense. <laughs> for sure so going off of imdb we got a top eight on another one here and i'm doing this just because i fucking love talking about movies and right. and i could probably do this all night long um number eight on this one is deadly friend and this is all about resurrection by the way or not resurrection reanimation so have you ever heard of De- deadly friend yes it's jack nicholson and meryl streep no yep no is it really yeah from the 80s no it's not yeah what does it say it's 19 1986 yeah Hold on. And who's, lo- who are the I'm actors? Uh, da, da, da. Christy Swanson. Told you. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a, Re- a Wes Craven movie. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, it says, uh, Wes Craven's 1986 release famously fell victim to last-minute studio tinkering when the powers that be decided the film needed more gore in some bizarre dream sequences. Not to mention a totally nonsensical ending. Sounds like a cheap Freddy to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to bring it more in line with A Nightmare on Elm Street and Craven's other horror Aha! hits. Deadly Friend is wildly uneven, to put it kindly, but Swanson is surprisingly effective, and the story's girl-next-door sci-fi twist on Frankenstein is still intriguing. Who is Christy Swanson? Swanson! She's the original Buffy. Oh, the blonde hair? And she's in uh, Big Daddy as the yes. Hooters girl. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The old balls. <laughs> What's your plan? Don't die. <laughs> All right, um, here you go. Uh, number seven is... Which, oddly enough, the little kid's name is Frankenstein. Yeah, he calls himself Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, this is a weird day. I'm telling you. Everything is like full circle. Number seven, the Lazarus effect. Yeah, this is, uh, what's her name? Olivia Wilde? Yes. Yeah. Very good. Hey. Yeah. See, I, do, I know my movies. Very good. So it uh, says it's a riff on Flatliners. Yeah. Uh, Zoe's brief time on the other side of the veil was time enough to send her to hell when she returned. She's basically the superhuman equivalent of the ship in Event Horizon. Which great movie. Using mind fuckery to torment everyone before turning to ever more fiendish deeds, such as squishing poor Donald Glover <laughs> in a storage locker, then using an e-cigarette to choke the life out of an unfortunate Evan Peters. There you go. By the way, new flatliners, fucking garbage heap. Oh yeah, I wouldn't watch like, that. Doesn't even come close. What's what's the number one rule that I, I live by on this show when it comes to movies? But there are some reboots. Not really. There's some. There's a very ones. small, There's small, few. small. Yeah. 
Number six is The Brain That Wouldn't Die from 1962. I've heard of this, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it is, um, let's see, Virginia Leith. I have no idea who that is. Uh, Dr. Bill Cortner has already strayed into mad scientist territory before the events of 1962's The Brain That Wouldn't Die. We know this because he has a hulking man beast lurking around his lab. <laughs> is it moody? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so the situation is further compounded by the fact that disembodied head Jan has way more sense than rapidly losing his mind Bill. She makes it very clear that she'd prefer death to being kept alive as one of Bill's weird experiments, and she's definitely not co-signing on his murder plan. All things considered, the brain that wouldn't would rather be dead is probably a more accurate title, though you can see why legendary B-movie studio AIP went with this more sensational choice. Do you want to hear a quick thing from the trailer? Sure. <laughs> There it is. Nice. Number five. I don't. These lists are so out there. I don't know. Give me a hint. Give me a hint. I'll give you a hint. It's Flatliners. Is it? Yeah. That's number five. That's number five. Should be number one. Well, let's see. Let's see where we're going. Obviously, Flatliners is off, off, awful, awesome. Yeah. It's uh, Kevin Bacon and, I mean, shit, dude. I, Emilio, no, is it Emilio Estevez? Uh, it's Kevin Bacon, Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, William Baldwin, the other Baldwin. Lou, Lou Diamond Phillips, right? Oh, is he in there? Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts, for sure. And Charlie Sheen or Baldwin? No, it's Baldwin, yeah, yeah. William Baldwin. Billy. I, it's like an all-star cast though, yeah. for, for Billy. that time. So basically, they go in and they're like um, medical students that go in and they freeze them. And then they try to bring them back to life, and then shit happens. Yeah, they go into the afterlife, and it's like, oh, it's like fucked up for each one of them. Yeah, yeah. Dude, number four, <laughs> fucking RoboCop. I see it on the screen. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> fucking RoboCop, so awesome. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, that's Terminator. Same thing. <laughs> Dude, Rob- okay, RoboCop is like the GoBots to the Transformers. Correct. Like, Terminator's Transformer. Right. RoboCop's GoBots. Right. You know, like. You didn't have the extra money to go see Terminator, so you saw RoboCop instead because right. it was like a buy one, get one. <laughs> is that what happened? Yeah, you could watch like <laughs> Beastmaster and RoboCop at the same time oh, for nice. one ticket. Beastmaster was awesome. The little ferrets. Are you kidding me? Beastmaster <laughs> was amazing. But Beastmaster was like the poor man's bar, uh, uh, Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> yes. So um, number three, Frankenhooker. <laughs> I have seen this. <laughs> no, you haven't. Yes, I have. It's from 1990. Yeah, it was one night I was watching Skinamax. I was younger, and Shut the I fuck have up. seen it. Shut up. It's about really? this guy falls in love with a hooker, and she gets murdered. So he takes all the pieces and puts them back together and does like a Frankenstein on her, and then, you know. And there you have it, folks. That's what Frankenhooker is. Is it? Yeah, I mean, it is. That's what it is. Uh, number two, amazing. <laughs> I've never movie. seen it. I, I totally bullshit my way through that. That's amazing. Yeah, the Emmy goes to. I should be a writer. <laughs> um, number two is the Crow. Yeah, that's a yeah yeah. yeah that's a damn. This is a good better movie. list than the other one. That's exactly what it is. This is a great movie, by the way. If you guys haven't seen the Crow, <laughs> fucking amazing. Fired up, fired yeah, up. Brandon fired Lee. Um, basically is him and his fiance are murdered and he comes back and he's able to look through the eyes of a crow and he's just a badass supernatural fucking just beast. Yeah, he like jams on a guitar in, in the rain and stuff and it's not even plugged into an amp but it shreds. <laughs> Pretty amazing. <laughs> it can't rain all the time. Number one is the one and the only... Is it Weird Science? No. Oh, God, it should be. That's another, yeah. It's Reanimator. What? you never seen 1985 Reanimator? No. It's adapted from H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, one boy. of his stories. And uh, 
Let's see, uh, medical student Herbert West, played by Jeffrey Combs, in one of horror's all-time great comedic performances, West follows Miskatonic University student flatmate Daniel Kane becomes his lab partner of sorts as the two bring a cat back to life using West's glowing green serum and then move on to human subjects from the hospital morgue. Though Dan draws the line when West, who's fiercely protective of his discovery, turns to murder. Uh-huh. Murder. So yeah, that's that's that one. Yeah, that's so that's that's our movies. All right, <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty broad uh, scope there. Broad brush, very broad brush. I so that that is the movies, and that has been reanimation. Jeff, what are your thoughts? Oh well, I don't know, man. It's I'd like to know what the listeners think about this whole thing. To be honest with you, okay, because like I said earlier, there's. We could go on and on and on and on and on about conspiracy and like scientific facts when you go into like stem cells and cloning. Right. And it gets real. You know damn well. Like we all know. I'll say it. I'll be the elephant in the room and say it. We all know that it's possible scientifically and medically at this point with technology. It's it's, it's definitely yeah. possible. Now, do whether we'll ever know about it and it remains hidden and it's like a a thing we don't talk about is is what I think. Okay. Yeah, I'm re- pretty much right there with you. Yeah. I think that it's happening. And it's cool that it's been going on for so long that people have been trying to do this. So, passengers, we hope you enjoyed your ride with us on reanimation. Next week, Jeff. Oh, boy. What is it? What is it? We're going is to, it Willy Wonka? It's not. Damn it. We're going to dive into the Cleveland Torso Murders. Oh, and if you're not, from our hometown. Yeah, if you're not familiar with the Cleveland Torso Murders, it's the unsolved case of several people in the Cleveland area way back in the day who were murdered and dismembered, and yeah, they don't know who it is. So we're going to be talking about Ooh. that one. Also, please make sure to stop over to our official website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com. At our website, you can buy some super sweet merchandise at our new or at our store, and we'll donate 10% of every sale to the National Association on Mental Illness. And if you or someone you know is struggling with any mental health issues, because right now everything is fucked, call the... It's only getting better. (laughs) (laughs) Call the NAMI NAMI helpline at 1-800-950-6264, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255, or in a crisis, text NAMI, N-A-M-I, to 741741, because mental health is no joke. And seriously, if you're listening to us right now, and if you need help, please reach out to these numbers. I mean, that's what they're there for. And we don't want to see or hear about anything bad happening to any of our passengers. Absolutely. And listeners keep asking, asking? I just made a new word up. You like that? That would not fly in words with friends. Okay, damn it. Or Scrabble. But they keep asking how they can help keep the steam in our engines. Well, if you like what you hear from us, please consider becoming a producer of the show by heading over to the themidnighttrainpodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon button or go to patreon.com forward slash themidnighttrainpodcast. For as little as five bucks a month, you can get all kinds of cool shit like custom shirts, custom posters, custom stickers, bonus episodes like the Day the Music Died series, as well as we're going to be talking the happy time, Smiley happy face, face killer. killer. That's what I said, smiley <laughs> face killer. The ha- <laughs> Happy Fun Time Murders! Yeah! <laughs> that's, yeah. Where, that's where I was going for yeah. some reason. So if you are a diehard Midnight Train fan and you're like, man, these guys are so awesome, well, our Patreon is definitely for you. I kind of want to know, uh, can we put a post up um, and find out, like, average what the majority of people are listening to, what platform? Will, yeah. you, guys, will you guys take the time, listeners, I'm talking to you, take like a minute and get on our Facebook and when he puts the post up, just... 
chime in. I'm just curious. I want to know, like, are the majority of people listening on Spotify? And now that Google Music has moved to YouTube, are you listening through YouTube? Are you listening to Apple or iHeart? I, I, I'm just curious. I, yeah. I would like to know that. Yeah, let's find out. Yeah, you guys let us know. If you don't tell me, you're going to pay. <laughs> <laughs> I play down by the bay. I just may have some hay <laughs> today. Also, you can easily like, subscribe, and rate us on your favorite podcast platform that <gasps> Jeff was just talking about. And most importantly, share the midnight train to everyone. It takes only a couple of minutes, and word of mouth is how we're going to get more passengers on this amazing train and continue to bring you weekly episodes. We honestly can't thank you guys enough for all the love and support that we do receive from you on a daily basis. And you guys really do keep the train moving. And thanks thank- for putting up with our ants, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I know that they were probably hard to get through. Well, I, I probably won't listen to it just because I don't want to know what happened. But yeah, she wasn't very happy with you. Yeah, I, I, I figured. That's what I heard, at least from what I heard. Yeah. yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, all right, I need a drum roll here, Jeff. Okay, ready? Yep. <laughs> I said a drum roll. What kind of is that? A dirt bike? That was a burrito <laughs> passing through my bowels <laughs> so a big <laughs> fucking midnight train shout out to tess heidi kaylin kevin matt diana uh christopher jacqueline katie nate who is uh, actually a new uh, newer listener that comes in and hangs out at the bar whatnot yeah. very cool guy so nate thanks for listening can we call him nate dog I'm, i don't see why not that'd be pretty slick i guess yeah, all right I, i'll let you know what he says <laughs> yeah, yeah um out. michaela ramsey tamar tommy speaker box the sister skeleton please make sure you check out the sister skeleton podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and it's skeleton not skeleton yeah yeah you got to clarify that yeah skeleton skeleton s-k-e-l-e-l damn it <laughs> just, you okay there i just choked on my own spit <laughs> what just happened got shot i felt like i got shot it's s-k-e-l-t-o-n so if you guys are looking that up make sure that's where you uh, you know use that so um also to riley diane alina stephanie julie laura cynthia kirsten dawn nicola caitlin chanel alex emily ann son of asco alicia frandapai danny melissa grace stormy eva melissa another one wayne victoria hager sean chainsaw wow there it is Jigsaw, Bill Sun Colin, Todd, David Vallo, Juan, Belen, Ken, and Brad over at Voodoo Vodka, Chef Kevin, Katie Brabinick, Davey, our Mexican Vato, and a very special thank you to our superhero Patreon producers, Chad Flint, Cheryl Pierce, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Funbox Podcast, Christina Skelton, Maria Gibbs, Jessica Bartolome, Bill Birch, and Samantha Pickworth. You want your name to be mentioned on the show? Just sign up as a member on our website. It is free, or you can become even cooler, like the people who just we said at the very end, and become a Patreon producer. So yeah, listen. Oh, good <laughs> for you. I do have something I want to say real fast before we go. Jeff. Oh boy, just real quick. Okay, I'm tired of people not being able to express their opinions without someone else shitting on it. And oh, you mean like uh, talking about dog breeds and uh, <laughs> no, no, no. What else? I'm more so talking about it. Just it, it seems really bad lately, and it sucks. I hate seeing this division from people Dude, that just can't. So, everybody's slowly getting muted. It's 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 dumb. Everybody is. It's dumb. So listen, all I'm saying is stay safe out there. Don't judge somebody, and if they're being an asshole, fucking walk away because you guys are cooler than that. You guys listen to our dumbasses. So. Here's the thing. Just because you believe in something doesn't mean everybody has to. Right. Okay? You can live your life 
and be happy and believe in what you believe in and not have to shove it down everybody else's throat. Just because somebody does something different or says something different doesn't mean it's infringing on you and affecting you. Okay? Right. If Just any, chill out. Everyone needs to have their own fucking... Fucking smoke a joint. Drink a shot. Chill out. Smoke a joint, boy. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> smoke it, man. And in saying that, we know it's all crazy out there, folks. Um, Choo-choo, motherfuckers. Yeah. Hope Miley ain't gonna come after us and sue. But fuck it. Hey, baby, go the way you look tonight. Have been feeling like a king and it's alright. From your tight-ass skirt and your three-inch heels. Let's wheel and deal while you're bobbing me. Now, I'ma be honest, it's about the sex. So you better be down or it's on to the next one. There's a couple of other things you need to know. You better be down the boat or it got to go. Oh, no, oh, no, uh-oh. You better be happy it ain't going in your butthole At least not tonight, and baby that's how it is So forget who he is and let's get down to business Here in this room it's just me and you So let's do what mammals are supposed to do Put your hands down Get ya, maybe even hit ya Assume the position and let me take a picture I'm with you baby till the two of us leave But I'll be back if we sell some CDs I wouldn't lie, you're the love of my life You don't believe me, go on, that's my fucking wife I'm a player, doing what a player do So put your motherfucking cry cause I fucking told you to It's cool if you wanna bring your friends down too But if they touch my fucking weed, then I'm gonna break the tooth I'm a nice guy as long as I can hit it But the second then I'm done, then you know I'm gonna quit it Cause I'm in it to win it, maybe even spin it I'm the best you'll ever have, so don't you forget it Put your hands Baby, put your hands down and play with my balls. You know it's gonna be okay. okay. 